you're listening to the Tongue Tie Experts Podcast, a weekly program providing information and support for those families impacted by tongue and lip tie and the professionals caring for them. I'm Lisa Palladino, a midwife and a lactation consultant with over 30 years of experience. If you are a parent looking for answers or a professional who is curious to learn more than what you learned in school on this topic, welcome. This podcast is for you. A gentle disclaimer, please do not consider anything discussed on this podcast by myself or any guest of the podcast to be medical advice. The information is provided for educational purposes only and does not take the place of your own medical or lactation provider. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Palladino, and today I am very happy to have with me Marianne Ryan, who's a physical therapist. Marianne is the owner and clinical director of Marianne Ryan Physical Therapy, which is located in Manhattan, New York City, and offers physical therapy treatment or one-on-one coaching in the Baby Bod program in her office and online. She's the award-winning author of the book, Baby Body, Turn Flab to Fab in 12 Weeks Flat. I love that. As a mother and leader in women's health, she is passionate about helping pregnant women prepare for childbirth and helping moms to get back in shape after childbirth. Welcome, Marianne. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, I feel like we've had like conversations on social over the years. I know we're in so many groups together. I'm not even sure if we met once before, but it feels like we know each other. Kind of at one of the um, IBCLC. Did you go when Scott Siegel had yes. his course? I was there yes. half the day. You know. Yeah. Yes. I actually spoke at Scott Siegel's course. Oh, but then I yeah. Yeah. Sure yeah. I yeah. So, yeah, we must have met that day. So, I'm happy to have you here. And, you know, in this podcast, we bring in all members of the team. And it's interesting to me because you have a unique perspective as a physical therapist whose focus is more on the maternal side, because many of the physical therapists that I talk to are those who are handling baby issues, because is, you know, baby focused uh, healing. So, uh, you know, I, I'm very curious as to how that evolved for you in your practice and how you actually do help moms because you talk about what you do for you know pregnancy and getting ready for pregnancy and all that's really important but you have a a unique role and a special role which brings us into the same um networking sphere so tell me a little bit about that well um to make a real short long story short i started out as a spinal specialist which is a whole specialty and from there, it was, why aren't my neck patients getting better? It turned out they had TMJ. So mm-hmm. I started teaching that at the NYU um, dental school for many years. And then from there, it became the pelvis. Why aren't some of these back people getting better? Because I, I have many years of experience and have gone through many changes through physical therapy um, and have taken tons and tons of postgraduate work. So that's where my interest in the jaw 
came. Um, and then once I hit literally my 30 year mark, I kind of sat back, we were on vacation and I was having a, a little cocktail, uh, umbrella cocktail. And I said, what do I want to do now? Because I'm certainly not, I couldn't afford it, but I also am not ready to stop working. Mm -hmm. And I felt that the most ignored uh, patient and the most underserved patient in the United States are postpartum women. Mm -hmm. Their medical care, the ball is dropped as soon as they deliver. There's, you know, doctors are still supposed to see them at two weeks and six weeks. They're not, you mm -hmm. know, so I just wanted to offer a program and make people aware. So I, I started writing my book about 10 years ago, it took forever. Mm -hmm. And I think I've um, published it about six years ago or so. So since yeah. then, it looks like I only work with women. I do have a general, you know, I, I can treat other things. Right, of course. But we all specialize in things. And, you know, if the people that are, are listening can't see the big smile on my face and like I'm almost clapping for you because, yes, the postpartum period, you know, I, I'm a midwife and many people think of me as a lactation consultant because that's the, the sphere that I'm, I'm in right now. But I'm a midwife. And when I think back about how I was trained and what that postpartum um, protocol was, was nothing. It was nothing. And I remember having feelings, visiting the, the mom and dad and the baby the day after the birth and trying to like give them as much information as I could because I knew I wasn't going to see them again for six weeks unless they had a problem. Mm -hmm. And something didn't feel right back then to me, but I was in the system and there was really nothing I could do to, to do anything about it at the time. But thank you for being someone like you. And I, and I feel like there are more and more programs that are popping up about that because yeah. the postpartum period is, it's just a no man. It's just like a void. You've had a baby, go home, see ya. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's where, you know, my focus has been. And it was interesting because you said, you know, unless they know that they're having a problem, mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't sleep for the first 10 days after my first kid because I was so elated. I had oxytocin coming out of my ears and then I finally hit the wall. But I can't imagine having thought, well, it was abnormal for me not to sleep. And it was like years later that I found out from other moms, like, oh, my doctor gave me pills to sleep because it was really unhealthy for me not to sleep. I was like, oh, and I had a third degree tear with my first kid. I didn't realize I could ask for pain pills. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. And yeah. like, this is all part of what you have to go through and just right. it. And, right. and learning how to take care of a tiny new human being that depends completely on you. Yeah, I had two sister-in-laws within that past year that I was very close with that I watched them nurse because I didn't have okay. a consultant. I, you know, and, you know, one of uh, my sister-in-laws was also a labor and delivery nurse. Uh-huh. So, you know, after my first kid, she said, oh, you had a third degree tear. Oh, okay. That's not fun. That's it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, hopefully you recover. Nobody thinks about what that does to your body, right? So, yeah. but now you, not now, I mean, I'm sure it's concurrent. Um, one of your services and one of the ways we've connected is with your use of um, therapeutic ultrasound to treat breast tissue in breastfeeding women. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and again, that's a little bit of a long story because someone sent me an email that they were teaching a, a class in oral facial myology, mm -hmm. which are speech pathologists who work with exercises with the tongue and the mouth. Mm -hmm. 
which I didn't know about. And somehow I was on her list and I went to this lecture about tongue tie. This is maybe eight years and more ago. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And they had an osteopath who said she works with newborns. Now I've worked with kids before way in the past, but I don't feel like I'm, I have the level of training that you really need to have at this point you know, for it. But I was like, oh, that's really neat. And then I had a study group of women who are physical therapists who study, worked with pelvic problems. Mm-hmm. It was a whole new burgeoning field 10 years ago. And we used to meet in my office. And one of the gals uh, was doing a research paper and she actually came and trained us on how to deal with blocked note ducts. So wow. that's where that started. And you know, then I kind of gradually got to know some of the lactation consultants and word got around. But, um, you know, this original study was both, you know, uh, using ultrasound and also manual therapy. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of colleagues who just think that just using an ultrasound for 10 minutes is going to do it. It mm-hmm. helps to loosen things up, but you have to know what you're doing as far as drainage. Mm-hmm. And I have a background in wound care, you know, because. I've been doing this 40 years, so I have different things that I've done. Right. But your experience puts you in an ideal position to be able to speak. Yeah. And then before COVID, people used to bring in their kids and I would evaluate the mouth and then send them to the appropriate um, uh, uh, professionals for either doing a tongue release. And then we became more and more, as you know, we became Mm -hmm. more and more knowledgeable and aware that oh these kids also need some body work either from an osteopath or otpt who works with the mouth of the kid mm-hmm. and um help with the latch which is like at first it was just like oh let's send them for laser therapy boom right 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 yeah we thought it was going to be a quick fix and then we realized those who are going for quick fixes it's yeah. not too quick. And fit. I personally think all babies should have manual therapy from the day that they're born. I totally agree. And and when I when I have parents in my office and I start talking to them about body work and the different therapies, and they say, Is it necessary for my baby to have that? And I say, Well, not just because your baby has a tongue tie. I think we all should have it. I mean, I myself use a chiropractor, I go for massages. Um, I have cranial sacral therapy treatments, you know, not as often as I'd like, but periodically. I think we all need manual therapies to stay healthy and happy. Yeah, um, well, kids are born with a torticollis. I don't care what right. anybody says. You right, know, right. Degrees are different. Right. Um, and, you know, if it, and it, it, babies are so malleable. It could be two, three visits and they're fine. And then you watch right. the milestones if they're a little behind, then. You know, you can have your therapist come back in because a lot of them do home care or you can bring them to a, a therapy gym. So, so to the colis, explain that to the lay people who may not know. Is we can get stuck with lots of fancy words, but I want to make sure because I have both parents and professionals. Okay, so colis is when a baby kind of t- has a little twist in the neck and they tend to look at one, look at the world from one side. And that's because they're squished in the belly and turned, <laughs> you know. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, some babies need to have one side stretched and the other side activated, what we call, you know, wake up those muscles. And mm-hmm. along with that, if they have a jaw, um, a tighter jaw, there's things you can do that will help open it. And mm-hmm. then there's kids who have literal tongue ties, upper lip ties, which is in the upper lip, and also what we call buccal folds, which are like, you know, there was one baby I saw all four of those with. I couldn't believe it. The kid mm-hmm. had the tightest mouth, 
ever. And the mom was an IBCLC. (laughs) Of course, of course. You know, I mean, my listeners have heard the story of my grandson who, um, you know, of course, my grandson was going to be born with, he had cervical subluxations and torticollis, and he was in an awkward position for a very long time. When I saw him come out, he had an asynclitic uh molding of his head and i just knew there were going to be problems and you know lots of work and all the ties and all all the stuff and you know he's six months old he's doing great now but it took a lot of work it took a lot of manual therapies and different types of manual therapies and my daughter being so um you know so dedicated to all the different exercises and positioning and things that were taught by diff- the different providers to stay on top of it you know um he also couldn't suck he had no suck like if i put my finger in his mouth he could not suck wow and that wasn't because he had a tongue tie it was because of pulling somewhere whatever we so good but there was a speech language pathologist that helped us out as well so the whole team worked on my grandson beautiful case study of um ideal as close to ideal care as possible and still it was bumpy ride so this is a journey for a lot of people and in that journey a lot of moms get clogged ducts and mastitis because of the uneven ways or the inefficient ways that their babies are nursing or because they're going back and forth between pumping and nursing and making a balance to keep up their milk supply while the baby's having problems. So, you know, to have a way of um, treating the clogged ducts other than some of the stuff we see in some social media posts that is not exactly (laughs) science-based. Tell me about what your what your protocol is like, what you suggest. Okay, and, but first I'd like to mention that it's not the mom's fault. Sometimes the baby suddenly sleeps six or seven hours. The mom's exhausted and she gets a clock duct, and then that can become a problem. Women who have more bre- uh, dense breast tissue tend to get clogged ducts more than not. Um, women who have really floppy breasts also tend. So it could be your anatomy. Um, you know, also it could be some, you know, some of the moms are like, I have to go back in three months and I want to, you know, make as much milk as possible, which is a big problem. Are you a professional that feels like you didn't learn enough about tongue tie in school? Whether you're a lactation consultant, a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a midwife, a doula, a doctor, a speech language pathologist, a chiropractor, PT, OT, dentist, etc. I don't mean to leave anyone out. Anyone who works with pregnant or breastfeeding families in any capacity who is curious about tongue tie is welcome in the professional's guide to tongue tie in the breastfeeding infant. What you'll learn, we have four modules, assessment, treatment plan, phrenotomy, and aftercare. So much great information and it comes with a community. I didn't learn this in school, did you? Tongue tie treatment can be complex and those who expect relief of symptoms with a quick snip or even a laser release, even by an experienced provider, are usually disappointed. Join me to learn protocols that offer an organized and simplified plan to support families through decision-making, preparation, treatment plans, procedure if needed, and aftercare. Learn the teamwork model of care 
knowing why and which providers are necessary will make things easier for you and provide effective outcomes for your patients. Please sign up today. The link is in the show notes, but you can go to my website, tongtieexperts.net. Go to the professional tab. And one last thing, since you listen to my podcast, you'll get 15% off just by using the coupon code PODCAST15. And the word PODCAST is all in caps. Can't wait to see you in the group. Take care. So my treatment is um, when people do bring their kids, I I spend a good hour and a half, sometimes longer, uh, where I don't spend that much time with the normal patient. Um, I evaluate the baby's mouth if that's, you know, possible. Um, People are not bringing their kids as much now to my office, which is on the Upper West Side, um, because of COVID. Mm -hmm. much more careful where it used to be if you looked at my social media every week I had another baby on my shoulder which was a lot of fun Uh the treatment treatment is to evaluate where the clog is uh if you're red and shiny Mm -hmm. and the the breast is really warm you probably need antibiotics before I can treat you I had a mom last week who said well my um you know the the lactation consultant said, "I can you can treat it anyway," and you know, and she was told that she should take the antibiotics, which she put off for a couple of days. So the day that she started, she wanted to come that evening for a treatment. I said, "No, you have to take it for at least twenty four hours before, otherwise, it could spread it." You know, and so we do a full evaluation. We feel whether or not there's swollen lymph nodes. So it's more there's a lot of medical um, precautions that you have to take before you do a drainage because you can cause more damage than good. Mm-hmm. And, so I do use ultrasound on the areas that are clogged. So I call it increased density. And I teach the women how to palpate it and how to also be gentle with their breasts. The rougher you are, the more problems you're going to have. Right. So yeah. Let, let, let's put it. Let's talk about that, because I think there is a lot of false information. Most of it is old. But once something's on social, it's perpetuated about being really rough and trying very hard to get the clog out. Yeah. There and is- that's wrong. That's wrong and it's dangerous. And I've seen a lot of a lot of uh, harm done to breast tissue by yeah. that. Very little on YouTube. But one time I had a patient who came in and her doctor literally spent an hour squeezing her breast. Oh. This thing was pulsing you know, when I saw it, it was so inflamed. So I really could hardly even do any treatment to it. And I was, I, you know, I went and I did is maybe a seven minute video on how to deal with block milk ducts and the reason for being more gentle using mm-hmm. things like a vibrator. At that time it was, I used electric toothbrush. Now they have breast massagers and don't press hard with it because all that does is it causes more clogs, mm-hmm. more compression, which increases the clogging. Right. So, so- yeah, I have a way of explaining it, like the, and it's very um, primitive way, but I think people understand it this way. And tell me what you think of this explanation. I, I say, imagine you have like a milkshake, right? Like a thick milkshake, and there's a straw. And it's one of those twisty, cool straws that we used to have when we were kids. And that twisty straw is in the milkshake. And there's a clog in the straw, and um, you can't. You can't get the milk, you can't get anything to come through it because there's like a clog there. But if you start squeezing that breast tissue, 
then the area around the the actual straw will get tighter and swollen and prevent anything from passing through the straw. So the clog can actually be from the inside of the breast duct or from outside in the tissue compressing it. Good point. Do you know what worked really well during that whole year of COVID, uh, that 2020, I saw very few people in person because the numbers finally went down and I started seeing some people. And then, you know, that winter again, it was really high. So there was a lot of moms I would just speak to over the phone for free. And one of the moms called me the next day after I spoke to her for about 15 minutes. She said, thank you so much. I'm doing so well, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, what worked? What did I say that worked? Mm-hmm. And it was just imagine your breast is a zit a big pimple on the bottom of your chin and you're a teenager and it's Wednesday night and you have a date on Saturday night. What do you do? You keep on squeezing it. So by the time Saturday comes, it's a huge thing that's almost pulsing and it has a life of its own. And your whole chin is red. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, that's swelling. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So uh, that's another visual that actually works really well with the moms. Yeah. And, um, so the the ultrasound, what does it actually physically do? It it's the deepest form of heat. So, like what I like to say is that it increases blood flow. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, and and it increases movement. And actually, when I use it, it has a coupling agent, just like when moms get sonograms on their bellies. Mm-hmm. Ultrasound. People think they come to me and they're going to have imaging. They're not. What it is is a, a heating device where there's a gel that little sound waves go through and that causes the deepest form of heat mm-hmm. um, of any, all of the modalities more than, um, you know, hot packs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. From there, then I do my manual therapy releasing. I teach them how to do it. And then sometimes I use kinesio tape, which I was like, Oh no, I would never use that. And then when I was, I, I was talking to some IBCLCs during, you know, like, after my COVID break and mm-hmm. saying, yeah, we're starting to use K-tape. And I was like, really, let me try. So I've tried it. Um, some people have really delicate skin mm-hmm. and they react to it. Um, so as a temporary measure, maybe for 24 hours, you can use this elastic tape. I use it tape underneath that helps them not become allergic to the adhesive. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, so that's something that where what the elastic tape does, it actually pulls the skin upwards. So it, it kind of takes some of the compression off of the ducts so that it can continue. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I hadn't heard of that. I guess I'm not hanging around with the right IBCLCs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so the the heat is the heat from the ultrasound brings blood flow, which helps with healing because that's bringing all the good cells there to. And it helps to empty out some of that inflammation. Right. Which allows the milk to flow. Fluids. <laughs> right, right, right. So, and um, I was, you know, recently, and we talked about this a minute before we came on, there's a new Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine protocol about mastitis. Okay. And they do mention therapeutic ultrasound as one of the approved or recommended treatments. Um, and I, you know, I have to say I'm not thrilled with the entire protocol and there's a lot of controversy around it, but there are some things in it that do make sense. And one is the therapeutic ultrasound, which I was happy to see for the first time mentioned um, in, a, in a document like that. And the other thing that they're talking about is not over emptying the breast. 
because in the past we've thought just keep keep the breast empty keep the breast empty and that can actually cause a a, a rebound yeah yeah and it cause it can cause a rebound of the clog because if you're pumping more than you usually do that breast is going to make more milk which is going to cause more edema and yeah it's hard to keep up with that so i definitely agree with that i actually tell moms all right we're going to stop here and they're like can't you do more no you have swelling right now right right it's yeah. a hard line to kind of figure it out but i'm doing this almost 10 years where it's uh, it's almost intuitive mm-hmm. you know i speak with them the next day to make sure everything's okay and, and, and is there usually repeat treatments? How does that work? Or is it like a one-time? Maybe because I'm just so talented. My, <laughs> my, my patients, I see one and they're done. That's beautiful. So, um, you know, there are, there've been some who I've seen multiple times throughout their nursing career that year yeah. or so. But Maybe usually just one, one of those deep treatments. I, I'd say 90% of my patients. You That's know. And also stopping them and getting them to understand that too much compression is not good. Um, a lot of them are just using nursing bras now. If they're, you know, if they're doing exclusive pumping, they don't realize they have to come bend forward, move the flange around. And I was like, mm-hmm. pull up, you know, please, you know, because I have everybody work with an IBCLC um, to go ahead and, you know, learn how to use a flange to get better emptying. Mm-hmm. And what I tell patients is like, I am not a lactation consultant because I was considering doing it, but I didn't realize, I thought all the hours that I had working with uh, women, it would count towards the thousand hours of uh, supervised right. work that you have to do in a dozen. So I just said, you know right. what? I am the plumber. <laughs> I can only give you so much advice and tell you what I see the, uh-huh. You know, your lactation consultant is going to be the one who's going to walk you down that path and have you hand in hand. And it takes, you know, it takes a lot of studies and, and knowledge. And even in the 10 years I'm doing this, there's so much that's changed. Remember, we used yeah. to just send kids to um, have the laser release and, oh, it'll magically work. That's it. Right. Just- right, right. Or even before that, when we didn't believe that that tongue tie was such a big deal. Um, yeah. So. So I love that you're saying about the IBCLC because here in my practice, in you know the Tongue Tie Experts brand, we're all about team, the team approach and the Tongue Tie team, yeah. and we all have our special role to play. And one of the reasons why I interview different providers is is to educate professionals to learn who to reach out to to make a team with. Yeah, yeah. And for the parents to realize that they're not going to, it's not going to be a one-stop shop because we all specialize in different areas, even though we overlap, right? So I know how to take care of a breast, but you know how to take care of a breast differently than I do, mm-hmm. you know? So, so um, there's but I that. Think a lot of the IBCLCs are now learning how to do some of the drainage. Um, you know, I've, I've done a lecture for you guys. Um, yes. The lymphatic know. drainage and massage. Yeah, yeah. Yes. See, mm-hmm. but you have to be careful with things like uh, lymphatic. If somebody's got an infection going on, you don't want to do an lymphatic drainage because what you're going to do is spread the infection, and it can become systemic, which means the whole body can become, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know. So you have to kind of be careful. There's certain parameters um, that have to be followed, but I, I think you know most of the IBCLCs that I've heard of are doing great jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing less and less patients. I used to see a lot. Um, before COVID, mm-hmm. but you know, so um, I have a, I have a little theory of um, you know during COVID, more moms got to stay home, and 
the separation and the stress of separation and the, the pumping versus yeah so there's more more working moms yeah. are home with their kids than they were before covid which you know it's a mixed blessing but i've seen advantages to that we, in, and during covid we, we have a house in long island i had people by sitting by the poolside that was like I remember being a nervous wreck having two and ninety fives on it. No, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of more knowledgeable about um, the dangers of COVID, yeah. how to protect yeah. ourselves and stuff. But um, yeah, so if I wanted, I want to just ask you one question, but it's got like two separate parts to it. Um, as far as finding someone like you as a professional, what would we be looking for? And it might be the same answer. Or as a parent. How do we find someone like you? Like, what what are the qualifications that we should look for? Um, I I have a little fear that sometimes um, people practice outside their scope or get a piece of equipment and start using it without proper training. So how you know? Tell me the cautions around that and how we would find someone like you. Well, you can. Add, there is no certification for it. One, okay. mm -hmm. you want to ask how much experience they have with it, but. Just using, I, you know, I know there's some practitioners just using ultrasound and some K-tape, and that's it. And a lot of what I do with patients is I educate them. I actually teach them how to do the self-drainage. And so you want to find out, are they using manual therapy? Do I need to have several visits? That mm -hmm. should ring a bell that, I don't, you know... Um, you know, a, a newbie, a newer therapist who's not as experienced might need to see you two, three times. Mm -hmm. um, but if it looks like it's going to be a series of visits, there's something wrong with that, with them not even seeing you. Okay. That's the best I could give, um, you know, and, and just ask what type of experience do you have? Um, and I, I would think that um, the way I tell people in general to find other team members is going with the, provi the provider in your area that you know has a good reputation that you have experience with. Sometimes it's an IBCLC who knows who to refer to. Sometimes it's the pediatric dentist who has a laser, who has lots of experience and lots of volume and knows who's good at what they do in their circle. Yeah. Maybe it's another physical therapist who works on babies but doesn't work, work on moms. Mm -hmm. right. Maybe yeah, I post my referrals through IB through the lactation consultants. Yeah, yeah. And do can OTs do this as well or just PTs? Uh I I don't know if any OTs are doing it. Mm -hmm. you know, they, uh, a lot of you know, there's a thin line with that stuff. Okay. So Yeah. And I wonder, you know, I'm curious. I'm I, I would think that if this was something that a midwife wanted to do, they could because I mean, yeah, you're not licensed to use it, the ultrasound. There's a whole level of, of training to, to learn how to. Right. Use well, there's training, but I mean, like I could be trained in ultrasound. I don't think you're licensed to do that. Yeah. No, I could have. I could have learned to use pelvic ultrasound. Yeah, that's different. That's 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 a visual. That's okay. All right. So explain that. That's a great point. I'm glad I asked that. Sound I use is not imaging. It is a treatment. It's a heat right. form of heat. So it was a whole so different kind of machine. Yeah, and if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna be. You can definitely burn somebody. Right. Um, so there's you know a, a whole parameter of treat. You know. What about a chiropractor? Because I know some chiropractors that have. Yeah. If they were trained, I mean, there that would be in their scope of practice. I have no idea. Yeah. 
because I know they use that for, I've had therapeutic ultrasound for muscle problems. In my right. Body. And I don't use that on muscle problems. Yeah. I don't think it's effective. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe some tendonitis around the ankle. That is, right. I, I just think it's, you know. It's not the best treatment for it's, that. It's totally ineffective. Oh. Um, you know, so there's a whole, there's a whole nother discussion about that. Right, right. That's interesting, though. So this is a very specialized application. Yeah, it's we important. have to be licensed for it. It reduces, it, it increases the blood flow, it right. increases the pain. So I can work with somebody. Somebody comes in and they're like, oh, I don't even want you to touch me. After I use the ultrasound and then some vibration also, um, it, it makes it much easier to start uh, doing the treatment. Okay. So sometimes a clogged duct comes from a nipple blip. Have you, and uh, you know, I'm sure this is something you're aware of. And one of the, um, one of the bullet points in the new protocol for mastitis says that we shouldn't unroof the nipple bleb, which is interesting to me. This is one of my problems with the protocol. And if, if anybody listening wants to talk to me about this, I would love to have a discussion about pros and cons of doing this. But when there is a nipple bleb, the nipple is extremely painful and even if it's not going to do anything to solve the underlying mastitis or the underlying clogged duct, it does relieve the pain and pressure. Mm -hmm. So that's one of, one of the, um, that's, that is if there's infection in that tube. Right. But even if there's not infection, even if it's just blocked, like I've, I've done on roofing of the nipple bleb and under sterile technique and I'm a midwife and I'm allowed to do these things yeah. where you just, re, you know, remove very gently that top layer of tissue yeah. and allow that bleb to release. Even if there's no infection there, there's mm -hmm. relief of the, the pain. It's, it's, it's an intense nipple pain. It's, I think it's one of the worst pains that women complain of and, and, you know, I've, I've been there. I know what it feels like yep. removing that is like, Remember we talked about that pimple on the face, yep. kind of like when you have that inflamed pimple and you just let it, if it's, if it's a whitehead and you can just scratch the surface off. It and it where you can let that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So if there's no infection, they're there. afraid of women just constantly trying to do it and causing infection. I don't know, but this was a, this is medical advice, not, not for, for medical yeah, providers. I was at some event, I met at IBCLC, and I was like, you know what, blebs, do you send them to, say, a dermatologist to have it released? She said, no, you just use a needle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't, it's kind of like one of those things where, and I've had women come to me begging me, please help me, please release yeah. this for me. So yeah. I, I'm not... You know, you can do all you can with soaking it and whatever, but sometimes right. you just need to take away then, that, that layer of skin that attached literally is what it is. And it's a one layer. It could be one cell layer thick. And yeah. it's not like you have to poke a prod or do surgery. It's right. literally a sideways rubbing of a, of a sterile needle. Sometimes it's yeah. all it takes. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And what I, you know, what I know is that if we don't, if we continue with that milk stasis because of the nipple bleb, mastitis can occur or whether it be inflammatory or infectious. Um, so that was an interesting point that I was like, once I read something, you ever read a study and once you read something that pisses you off, you don't like the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I don't I read a lot of studies and I, I get really annoyed when I, um, 
That's why I'm enjoying doing Instagram because it's not, I, I mean, I don't have people like after me, like, wanting, well, where's the study to back that right. up? Right. You know, right. I did a TED Talk and I was talking about um, diastasis recti, which is a separation or a spreading of the tummy muscles that happens normally during pregnancy and then there's a recovery period. And it's, there have been studies that said that it can cause back pain and all these other you know, problems like incontinence. And then there was a study that said, no, that's not true. Well, I don't know which study is the best, even though one's more um, recent. Mm -hmm. But if I was to speak to other therapists, you know, and did a survey, they would say, well, yeah, you know, when I have people with um, diastasis, quite often there is back pain or there is on and off back pain, pelvic pain, you know, so. Right. I mean, we're all connected, right? All our parts are connected. So that makes sense. Yeah. And it's also, you know, don't take every study seriously. Right. Right. Yeah. Because and and we need to um, appreciate the experience of, of providers like you, um, I'll toot my own horn, providers like me, you know, between us, we probably have 70 years of experience, you know, <laughs> and there's no study that can tell us how to do things better than what we've learned from taking care of women and babies. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm always learning something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, me too. Me too. And things, you know, and I love to learn. That's part of the reason why I so enjoy doing this podcast. Yeah. But all right, Marianne, before we sign off, I just I like to ask my guests if there's anything that you would like to say that perhaps, you know, I forgot to ask you or we didn't touch on today. Is there anything that you want people to know about you um, or your practice or, or, you know, ultrasound or physical therapy in general, anything at all? Is that every woman after birth should see a physical therapist during the first two weeks to not feel like crap? Mm -hmm. And you need somebody who's a good manual therapist that they only need to see you one time to kind of work on you to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. um, before birth, there's manual therapy is also highly recommended. It's just not the norm. Mm -hmm. I'll see moms who now when I used to be in Midtown who are literally six months postpartum and they come running in maybe once a week, you know, because I used to be in Midtown. They were, in bit, you know, at their office. They'd come running in and they'd been in severe pain for six months wow you know and, and like one visit with me i've had women break down in tears like oh why didn't i come earlier and right. they're just not referred by the doctors or even the midwives um yeah. you know for appropriate treatment so we're here uh -huh. um, and it doesn't mean it's you know i'm out of network with all insurance companies and stuff so it seems like it's expensive but not if you just need one visit <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I highly recommend physical therapy now, now that I know what I know yeah. um, about how much, you know, we need to, we can heal, we think we just have to suffer, right? It's just part of everything. But no, we can heal. And we need, we need to talk about what women feel like postpartum as far as their pelvises, their, their vaginas, their, all of their parts have had trauma, whether it's natural or not, or no, if they've had C-section even more because they've had abnormal tissue trauma and there's lots of recovery. Now, do you yeah. still deliver babies or? I don't, I miss, I miss it so much, but yeah, um, I had to stop for, for insurance reasons. You know, it's very expensive. I've stopped because. Yeah. It's very expensive to be a midwife. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Plus, you know what? I do like to sleep in my own bed at night as I got older 
It oh. was getting a little bit rough <laughs> to get up at 2 a.m. and ru rush to the hospital. So there's that. And I feel like I can do, um, my focus now is reaching more people than I could ever do by, you know, catching one baby at a time. And I still have relationships with, with the, the moms and, you know, with the families that came to me. It's, it's now, you've mentioned you have an online program. Can you tell me about that? Yes, I do. I have, I have a parent's guide to tongue tie, but more, you know, I love that. But more exciting than that is my professional's guide to tongue tie because it's a multidisciplinary course. The way that we, we learn usually separately and we learn different things. I bring everyone together because I think it's really important for the different professionals to understand the different roles. So it's from the point of view of a lactation consultant so that other professionals can learn what is the breastfeeding part. Not that they should take the place of the lactation consultants, but to understand the importance of the lactation consultants and all the things we look for. Okay. And also to talk about the team approach. Right. When when to refer to someone like Marianne, when to refer to the, the phrenotomy provider, when to refer to a speech language pathologist. So it's been wonderful. There's there's a, it's an online learn at your own pace for modules. And then there's a Facebook group that's private just for people who have taken the course. And we have a nice community going on there. You should take the course. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Send me a link and we'll put the, put that in the discount section of my Thank office. You. I'd be ha happy to do that. Thank you. And what can I promote for you, Mary? And what, how can people find you? What's the best way? Um, my uh, website is babybod, not body, uh, .com. Um, mm -hmm. I'm on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. You can just... Google Marianne Ryan. I have an Instagram page called Baby Bod Program. Um, I am not that active in Facebook anymore, you know, <laughs> although I do post some things here and there. Yeah. So I'll put the links to your website and to your Instagram. Yeah. yeah and they can make, them. you know, call up and make an appointment. We have an old fashioned office, but it's, I have somebody who remotely makes all the appointments and does Perfect. all the billing. So we evaluate all of that stuff before you see us so that you know uh, what, what to expect. Excellent. Well, Marianne, thank you for taking time out of your busy day and your busy practice to chat with us today. I'm sure that the people listening learned a lot and have a new view on taking care of breasts and taking care of their body postpartum. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Great seeing you. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. Check out the show notes for useful links about the topics we discussed and for ways to follow us on social media. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.